Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. Thrive. What is up, Micah? Man, I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? I'm good, man. Hustling every day, trying to be like you. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to slow down. You try to, yeah, right. <laughs> I believe it when I see it. Uh, this is episode 176 of your favorite Airbnb VRBO, Turo Lift, all that share economy jazz podcast in the world. And we have a special guest, Micah. Who we got? Uh, Miss Erica Reiner, the founder and design principal of Eco Method. <laughs> Did I say that right? Let's do this again. <laughs> Erica is the founder and design principal of Eco Method Interiors, the premier eco friendly, non toxic interior design firm in Los Angeles, California. Erica has demonstrated experience designing short term rental properties and a strong background in design phys psychology wow these are big words you're throwing at me eric <laughs> you're <laughs> eric. nailing it keep going <laughs> yeah nailed it erica could add value to your str owner listenership by talking about how much more money str owners can make by investing in high impact interior design welcome aboard erica Thank you so much. I almost said thrive with you guys because it I was like <laughs> it looked like it was an invitation. I was like, should I do it? No, yeah, let's do it. it. Let's do it. <laughs> Live, let, thrive. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. So much fun. How you doing, Erica? I'm really good. I've been looking forward to this one. Um, chatting with you guys. Um, and I listened to a previous episode you guys did where you had on um, a host slash decorator who was getting into it. So that was exciting. And I hope to expand on that and add a little bit to it and um, hopefully for, provide some value to your listeners. Now, would that be Sarah that you're talking about? I think it was. Yeah. yeah Sarah Gladwell. I got to I got to introduce y'all. She's she's really cool. Y'all, y'all hit it off real good. She's our designer over here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah, she said some things that I wanted to, um, that I agreed with and wanted to expand upon. So that's cool. What are those things that you want to expand upon? Well, one thing in particular that I remember was her saying something along the lines of like, she knows anecdotally just from like seeing the work that she does how much better properties do when they're designed well. Um, And now she just wants to collect that data. And I have just started to do that. Um, And from a couple different places and then, you know, with my own projects as well. So that is why I'm here. I'm here to make the case that people should be investing in their design as a part of setting up their business properly. Cool. How did you get into design? I got into design kind of as like a, what do you call it? Not like mid-career change, but like early mid-career change, I guess. Um, I had studied and worked in the environmental field for a really long time. And I did a decorating certificate sort of just like for fun (laughs) Mm. Um, and had always really been into it. Didn't think anything of it. And then maybe it was like six or seven years ago, all these people around me had started their own businesses and it kind of like blew my mind. I was like, I didn't think we were allowed to do that. I'm not an old white man. Um, (laughs) And then it kind of just like blew my mind. I was like, okay, maybe I can do this too. And I started slowly um, building my design portfolio. And then I realized I really wanted to bring along that eco-friendly part of me and my identity. So I Um, sort of merge the two together. So I do interior design and I figure out ways to go about that in an eco-friendly way for each project. And um, I love helping other businesses as well as a business person first. Um, You know, I know all the blood, sweat and tears you put into it. So I just want to help other people succeed. I got a question because that that sounds amazing, actually. Um, The eco-friendly part, 
so a lot of hosts are like okay i'm gonna set up a place i gotta spend five to ten g's for a one bedroom i don't know whatever it is you know and um eco-friendly ah that sounds expensive but but like i see behind you it looks really cool is that is that my favorite thing reclaimed wood is that i love yes i'll make a small distinction in that that's salvaged so the wood's never been used as anything else before which is what reclaimed is and then salvaged is that was like a regular you know I always forget. I think it's an oak tree just that had to be cut down here in Los Angeles. And so there's salvagers that ha- take the trees that have to be chopped down in urban areas for whatever reason. Maybe it's like going to fall over or hurt someone or something. And instead of being chipped and put into a landfill, which is what normally would happen, they salvage them and turn it in. And then I, then I buy them and say, make me a shelf for my bar area. <laughs> it's beautiful. And, and you would think, you know, like that's eco-friendly because you don't, you're not you Absolutely. Know, buying something from Wayfair or Ikea. It's, it's already it's from a tree that fell down or you, they, they, you know, they pulled it off of and it looks amazing. Absolutely. And, um, I can definitely, we can definitely get into this now or later whenever you want, but I have, uh, two, two ways, one for the high end market, one for the low end market that we can mm. go green. So nice. your, your low end market, like what are your prices on your low end market? Like how much does it cost to outfit a one bedroom or something? I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I think it's around 10 grand on the low end. Okay. And what's like a high end? I think it's going to be 15 to 20. Okay. Now here goes the question. Cause this is what you just said. Mm-hmm. You said uh, you've kind of gauged like how much more revenue you can see between that mm-hmm. low end and high end. What has been like the revenue you've seen between like, Hey, this is a $20,000 one bed, one bath versus the 10,000 one bed, one bath. Okay. Well, um, First, the first sort of data set I have is internally from, are you guys familiar with Beyond Pricing? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So cool. We just gave them a shout out. Um, one of their people, I am so sorry if you can hear the ice cream man in this background. <laughs> I, hopefully we can cut that out. They're like, <laughs> okay, good. They are aggressive here. Um, anyway, so the... Uh, Okay. The, yes. So the data set he did, one of the, um, operations folks there did internally found that you can get 20% more with a well-designed space return on your investment than one left to their own devices. And that breaks down into two parts. So the first part is because just it's exactly what you think it would be more attractive photos is a more attractive listing is more clicks, is more algorithm exposure. That's a hard word to say. (laughs) And um, AKA more demand, so higher occupancy rate. So that's one, um, part one. Part two is the psychological aspect, which I'm really into. So we have seen through this internal data set and another data set that I'll talk about in a minute where a design that's been professionally done with all of our, you know, tips and tricks and um, experience is just going to result in a better experience for the renter or the um, guest, I should say. And you're going to get a better review. And when hosts go from an average of a four-star review to four and a half star, they're able to increase their prices 20% over their competitors. Mm. And I have some more proof for the Ford for the um, psychological um, experience and the reviews because a scholarly journal who published this in a peer-reviewed um, article found that besides cleanliness, all of the top most commonly used words that guests use when leaving a positive review all have to do with design and decor. There's like 30 of them. I won't read them, but just to give you an idea, beautiful, decorate, charm, art, decor, style, unique, blah, 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 blah. So um, we can really tell that it does make a big impression on people's subconscious. And if they're going to, you know, come back to that same place and rebook and how that's going to impact the review, which impacts ROI. So there you go. That's my breakdown. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that it's was a, good. That was a good. I, yeah. 
Good. I'm glad because I'm a, I'm a big science or like I said, I worked in the, you know, environmental science industry before this, and I'm always looking for, you know, the data to back up my stuff. And one of the things that Sarah was saying is like, she, she knew, and I know that like how big of a difference it can make on a property. Um, but it's really hard just to say that anecdotally. So I'm really glad to be able to find these like little bits of information and have, you know, proof in that pudding because, I'm definitely, you know, a proponent of, um, of helping, you know, I don't want anyone to leave 20% on the table. That's for sure. I love it. I love it. So you can design a place that's eco-friendly, looks beautiful, and it doesn't even cost that much more than ordering everything from Wayfair or something like that, right? I would say if you want, there's, there's definitely ways to incorporate the eco-friendly thing. Some of it might be between five to 10% more. So for the, like the non-toxic stuff. So that kind of takes us into the high end versus the low end clients and how you're going to market it or, or use that kind of eco-friendly, um, thing, or if you want to do the responsible thing. So for the higher end market, um, you can, buy a lot of healthier products and materials and market it as better for chemically sensitive people of which there are a lot and mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. starting to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other things you can do along those lines, you know, maybe like include an air purifier in the space and, you know, only have low chemical cleaning products and, you know, do the whole thing that way besides the design. Um, but that's for the higher end. And then on the um, lower scale of things, it's, it's so budget friendly and really easy these days. It's not like, you know, your grandma's garage sale anymore to find pre-loved, um, gently used items that you're going to get for a fraction of the price and that are going to be super, you know, modern and contemporary. They don't have to all be like vintage styles um, through applications like Facebook marketplace and Facebook, you know, groups buy, sell trade, um, as well as those apps like offer up and, um, next door. And there's one more, I always forget. It's like offer up, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I do it on the, on the lower budget end of things. Now I have a question. So like you, you like, let's, how long does one of your designs take to, you know, get all that stuff together? And get everything in there and get it up and running. Great question. Um, it can take anywhere. Well, first of all, a lot of that depends on the clients. Like how fast are you getting back to us? How fast can you make decisions? How much control are you willing to let go of? All of that kind of stuff. Um, and then on, if you want to get higher quality items, some of those things are made to order. So that can take normally like four to eight weeks. Um, now in COVID craziness, that's another story. So let's just assume moving forward, we get back to normal because those lead times went even longer. Um, so anything that's custom made is definitely going to take at least four weeks on the short end. And then on the long end, yeah, like eight, 10 weeks. Um, but then those things that are already done and whether they are pre-loved or whether they are new, um, then that's a little bit quicker. So as far as getting you all the steps in my process, which includes like the floor plans, the 3d models, the concept, the purchase proposals, all that kind of stuff, say all that pre preps work takes about a month, especially with approvals and back and forth and revisions and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the actual, actual execution that's variable as well. So yeah, how long are things taking? Let's call it another month, um, on the quick end of things, a couple months. Okay. Nice. And yeah, I know what Micah asked that is because a lot of us, um, you know, arbitragers, Airbnb ears, time is money. So we, so we want to get, you know, let's say we get a building and they say we can do five units there. We want those up and running like within a week or two. Now I see it also, I see how, how your model would work great. If I bought this beautiful house in the countryside, like, man, I really want to go all out on it and, you know, and do the eco-friendly thing. I wouldn't mind waiting, you know, a couple months to get it all done, but is there, is there a solution to be eco-friendly semi-wayfair and, and, and totally in a fast, in a faster manner. Yes. There's always ways to do that. And I provide, I'm not sure what other designers do, but 
for as far as like the ethical and the green stuff, I provide my clients what's called a custom green guide. And I have in there my guidelines of the goals that I want to try and achieve for how I'm going to intelligently source and incorporate these alternatives into the um, entire sourcing part of the project and those goals. So I kind of, it's part art, part science. I think about the project holistically and all the goals that it has, including the deadlines that we might have and think about, okay, what can I achieve? That's going to be a little bit better, a little bit lighter of a footprint and incorporate it in, in a way that makes sense to the budget, the timeline, all that kind of stuff. So I never throw out the project needs just to accommodate um, some of these other principles. I just find a way to braid it all together. And that's kind of the method of my name, eco method interior. So that's kind of how I look at the project holistically. Hmm. And then for those, yeah, those really quick turnarounds, there's always solutions to that. Like I said, that can be worked through and into the project. And I would say then that that means, you know, get ready to engage someone, get ready to engage, um, a designer, your designer, when you know you're about to like press play and you have other things to get ready in general. So you have like, you know, you're going to be doing all the million other things that you need to get ready and set to get this unit up and running. Um, all the other little bits and pieces that are not necessarily design related, but the comfort and, um, you know, guest experience things that you have to buy and implement and all those kinds of things. So as you're getting everything else ready, get, you know, have someone locked and loaded who, and you've already, you know, you can approve quickly and get everything going. Cause it'll probably work out in about the same amount of time. Now, with like, oh, let's say the lead times like four weeks or however, like you said, mm-hmm. do, do you, are you, those people, are those usually houses that they own that they're doing that, that doing that in kind of like how Steve was alluding to? Not always. It can be um, mm. sometimes. Yes, for sure. And especially if you have more time, you know, to work with, or, you know, like you were going to arbitrage during month X, like then you can start the process earlier. Um, so it, it is totally dependent on your individual situation. I would say the earlier you can bring someone in and the process, the better. Um, and, but yeah, renters can absolutely do so much to a space without compromising some of those trickier things like, um, you know, that they might be worried about their walls or, um, you know, their spend or whatever it might be. Um, and I certainly think it's worth it for, you know, arbitraging as well. Yeah. I, 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 what I, one thing I've been doing to kind of cut costs on arbitraging is I've been looking at kind of like doing rental furnitures, but like mm-hmm. on places that I own, I like to do the all out interior design because I feel like it's more of an investment. So that that's why I, mm-hmm. I would look like, that's when I would like call you like, Hey, go do the 20,000, four months, four weeks, not four months, four weeks thing. <laughs> and I think it'd be like a real, real big return on investment for, that's just a little tip for people as well. A hundred percent. And one thing I really want to like stress is, you know, this is these people getting into this. I mean, you guys are doing it as a, as a business or certainly as a side business. Um, this is not necessarily like no one's promised you that this is a get rich quick thing. This is an investment and a smart business plan thing. So you have to treat it like that and you're not treating it like, um, you know, like a hobby or, you know, how much cash can I this week put in my pocket? If you really want to see a longevity and sustainability in terms of the length of the business and how much you're going to get on a return on investment, just think of this as any other investment tool that you're going to use to set up your business for success in the long term. So that is, um, you know, something I like to remind people of when they're, you know, pushing back on, on hiring a professional. It's like, you know, that's kind of how, like I approached bookkeeping in my own business. It was like, I guess I could do it and do it myself. I don't know if I want to spend it and maybe I'll make a mistake and it really sucks and I hate it. It's like, I guess I could do it or I could hand it off to someone and I'm going to be way better off in the long run. Um, so it's kind of like that. And cause I know you're in LA, right? I am. So yeah, with you being in LA, I know you have higher prices than that, right? What do you mean? So 10,000 here, 
that, I guess 10,000 on one bedroom is kind of a lot, but I would sit, think, think with places like being in LA, you have a little bit, well, not a little bit, a lot more competition. So mm-hmm. I'm, I would be thinking people be willing to go 20, 30 on a totally. one bedroom. One be- yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. yeah. I mean, everyone has to know their market and I can help you know, look at those, com- I'm going to be looking at their comps a little bit too, and seeing like, Hey, what are they charging? And what does it look like? And how much are they asking a night? And, you know, how then overall, if our budget is X, like, you know, how much long might that take to get that back, that, re- that investment? Mm-hmm. Um, so I look into that a little bit, but I certainly think people need to do their due diligence. <laughs> That's a tough word too. And, uh, you know, come up and have that, have that budget ready to go as a part of this pre-planning. Now, do you only do short-term rentals or you design for all kinds of houses? All kinds of things. So um, I, I do residential and, you know, pre-pandemic commercial, which is like anything from offices to restaurants, all that kind of stuff and still do. Can't, those are my favorite. So I can't wait to get back. <laughs> um, and um, the, on the investment side too. And then within the investment world, not just short-term rentals, but, um, you know, like uh, multi-family apartment complex uh, lobbies and, um, unit refurbishments and all that kind of stuff too. So I actually love having different kinds of projects. No, there's a question. Cause you said you do commercial, uh, we were just, we, this kind of, it's off, it's on topic, but it's off topic, but a little bit on topic with everything going on with the pandemic and like with commercial, like going on, you know, a lot of commercial took a dip. Mm. What what spaces in commercial are you seeing having the most demand for your like interior design right now? Right now, um, well, for me personally, not much. I'd love to, I'd love to hear a few more uh, crickets than I am right now. Um, but I have been looking at co working spaces. Um, and they're so like now that people might be more so working at home, but they need a once a day, you know, once a week, you know, time in the office or group meeting space. I think those are going to, you know, come back big and also be competitive and, you know, offer that kind of flex time and space that as an alternative to just working at home or just having a strict office. Um, and I really am rooting for brick and mortar and would love to see, you know, all that come back full force. And I just like for STR folks, for, for the brick and mortar shops and retail, I'm a huge advocate, obviously of, you know, having really good design, like you need to have a good buying experience, Mm -hmm. whether it's a clothing store or a restaurant, you need to have a good consumer client experience while they're in there. And, you know, ambiance and the vibe can contribute so much to whether someone's going to come back or just sit at home and, you know, click order on their computer. So I'm, I'm hugely hopeful that, um, you know, people will, you know, realize that and spend a little bit more time on that. (laughs) Now, do you have any of your own short-term rentals? Not yet. And I can't, I'd love to be able to, um, do that shortly. We have hosted from, our own home once or twice when we were on vacation vacating. So we have hosted before and had a little bit of that experience. Um, but I will be looking forward to getting my own one day and I would can't wait. I am really also super interested in like the peer space model, um, where it's not necessarily a home, but it's like that. I was talking about whether it is a, um, co-working space or a production space or a photo shoot space. I've used those myself for my own headshots and things like that. Um, and it, I just helped a client doing her peer space, um, rental where it was an ADU that they just renovated with my help and an outdoor space. And the return has been gangbusters and famous people are booking it to do some of their shoots and it's better than I could have ever expected. And their return is coming so much faster to just give you a quick comparison. What I've heard the numbers are so far last year, pre renovation, they rented their house and outdoor space, I think four times and had to vacate it. Um, while that was happening and made like five grand over the whole year. Um, 
now post-renovation with the ADU done and the whole backyard done really, really well, it's something like seven grand a month. So yeah. So, um, it's been hugely beneficial for them. And now that it's not in their own house, they don't have to leave anymore for those days that it does get rented. Um, so that has been so rewarding for me to see that I could help them create a space like that. And that's where I was kind of going with the commercial space. Like, have you hopped into that peer space design? Cause that, cause that's starting to be real big in LA. Yeah, it is. Um, and I have my, eye. you know, I, I have, uh, pushed off in my calendar. I've been meaning to call someone on the peer space team. I want to, I want to get behind the scenes and dig a little bit for their numbers and explore what they have. I want to see what they have to say for my, for my area before I jump into it. So that's actually on my calendar to do is to schedule a call with them and see if I can get any numbers from behind the curtain there. Six figures a month. Yeah. That's, that's what people on peer space in LA are doing six figures a month off peer wow. off well design. Yeah. I, it's about six feet. The, the good ones do the six good feet. ones. Yeah. Is that like a mansion or something? No, it's just, just like just a, a regular commercial, house, commercial. Like building. A, yeah. Like a photo shoot studio. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. man. Yeah. And there's plenty of those spaces here. Yeah. See, and I was wondering, are people starting to just, Hey, arbitrage a commercial building? That's what decorate. I want to do. Yeah. yeah. That's the bigger, that's the bigger play arbitrage that and then turn it into like a peer space or something like that. That'd be that's Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, that, that peer that, space oh. is the real deal. That's what I'm hearing. It is, but the problem is the calendar linking sucks, man. We we missed out on a six thousand dollar booking off peer space. Oh, we're at on on uh on our new plane old property. Yeah, yeah. What are the the laws over there in LA for doing short term rentals? Well, first of all, LA is a huge metropolitan area, and we have all these little cities within it. So we have like Culver City, Beverly Hills, Santa Monica. And then LA proper, let alone like Glendale, Pasadena, all that kind of stuff. So each of those is going to have its own rules. Mm. Um, And some people got grandfathered in to some of the better rules, um, you know, but it has been a big crackdown just like New York. And I think just like a lot of places, I don't know. I, you know, I knew some um, friends that were doing flying under the radar of just kept doing their Airbnb um, in New York city and Brooklyn and assumed that there was no enforcement. And they did that for like a year extra or something. I don't know kind of what that risk is, but certainly where you're not living in the space, it's much harder to do now, but the ADU thing is on fire. So people are, Um, and rules have just relaxed in LA in terms of building rules and construction just to help with like the housing crisis and the density and all that kind of stuff that's going on here and all those things that we're contending with. It's a lot easier to build and get approved your ADU now on your property. Um, so that is what has really been gangbusters, people adding to their square footage of their home for resale value. And also to do stuff like the peer space, Airbnb, um, have that extra income, which is so important in a city like this. Yeah, they were letting people build little bitty houses behind their house, right? That's and right. They could, and they could Airbnb those out, right? That's right. Oh, sorry. I keep referring to it as an ADU, but an additional dwelling unit. So yeah, okay. those itty bitty um, tiny house guys. Yeah, Itty bitty money makers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just reached out to an ADU builder today. So yeah, I'm yeah, hoping to hear see? back. Yeah, that's a, that's a Nice little chunk of change you could add to your primary residence and make some money off of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's even like prefabs now you can get plopped in and mm-hmm. um, so, all kinds of stuff. So is there like people that are reaching out to, to people with houses over there, like a little bit like a backyard and saying, hey, we'll build it. We'll do everything and we'll just give you a piece of the money. Because we're going to start that. <laughs> oh, oh, like man, project management, and then yeah, you should. Just like, let me take over your backyard. I'll give you a cut. <laughs> yeah, pay yeah. their mortgage. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, do you have any tips for our listenership, like um, how to do cool things in your space on a budget to make it look really good, eco-friendly, and just really like you know have that wow factor? Sure. So I am, I definitely think that you need a few booking magnet and like Instagrammable spots in each of your rental units. And that can definitely be easily achieved 
through all kinds of budget-friendly ways. Paint is so easy. And I don't mean just like a one color accent wall. You can do all kinds of geometric shapes and patterns and um, interesting things just pop on Pinterest and get creative and, and look at what you can do with paint. Anything like colorful and fun where people can take pictures in front of, or just gives like a really happy vibe to the space. Um, so that, and along those lines, like you can do the same thing so affordably with, um, you know, plants like getting like a bunch of wall planters and having a huge green space and, and getting creative like that. There are definitely tons of different things you can do. Um, and, and I want to encourage everyone to think outside the box because now that everything is so saturated, it's easy to see the same kind of cookie cutter aesthetic over and over and over again. So if you're going to DIY it, I think, you know, another tip is just to take the time that it requires to plan and, you know, get a color palette going, look at, you know, get some inspiration for those. Look at that, measure your space. You don't want to have any mistakes and you want to get it right the first time. And you need to understand how stuff is going to fit into your space. Uh, How many times do I see an overcrowded or under decorated space? You want to, you know, just the amount of time. Yes, it takes time and energy and resources. That's why professionals like me have a job. Um, but if you're going to do it yourself, you have to be willing to take that on. Otherwise it's just going to be kind of a shit show. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. oh, yeah. We, we keep it a buck on this, on this show. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Can you, can you like point out one thing that you did at a spot that just, I mean, like didn't really cost a lot, but it's like, wow, it just really, it really brought the, the whole place to life. One thing you say, um, okay, I know you've so, done many, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stencils are a really easy way to get a huge impact on a pretty low budget. So you just buy a couple of the same stencils, um, in case you need to go through them. And it's, it's kind of like, um, hacking wallpaper. Wallpaper can be quite expensive for the paper itself and the installation, but if you get an awesome pattern and a couple complementary contrasting paint colors, you can have a really similar effect for a really, you know, big wow factor popping, um, accent wall that will look great in all your photos. That's a really good fun one. Hmm. Accent walls. That's really hidden right now. The accent walls. Um, I got to get better at my design. We, we had an accent wall just put up and it was I, Steve, your friend actually painted it and it was, it's beautiful, especially if you get the right pieces in there. I'm horrible with that. So my partner took care of it. I'm, I suck it. I don't have that design. <laughs> eye. I'm not at picking out pretty things. Good. Pretty That's thing why ever. everyone's going to hire yeah. me and designers like me. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it's like my bookkeeping example. Like, I guess you could try and struggle through it or you could hand it off. You know, it's exactly. much easier. Yeah, paint does. Paint goes a long way. So, do you do photography also, or you hire that out? No, I hire that out. Yeah, yeah. But you're there. I bet you you're there with the photographer. Oh you wanna, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's how. Yeah, see, yeah. that's how Sarah, you know, is. And I could tell when she's there. It's like wow, you know, they got all the the shots. You know, when yep. when she's not, and like oh, you can just go and I'll, I'll give you the code. It's mm-hmm. okay. It's a it's a huge difference. There's a huge difference, and again, I don't want to leave that money on the table. I think it's just a mindset shift about like, okay, what are the steps I'm going to do to prepare for this? I know, you know, you guys like to move so quickly, but it's like, if we can set it up right the first time, then you want to be, you know, you want your ad to come up or your ad, your listing to come up first on the algorithm. You want people clicking through yours the most. Um, so it's kind of like anything else, like you're going to get out of it, what you put into it. So yeah. Okay. And how do you, how do you direct a photographer without pissing them off? (laughs) Um, well, the first thing along my, you know, whole spiel of prepping is it is helpful to have a shoot list. Um, so if you know that you have a spot with a great view, I looked through a couple of your guys listings and there's quite a few beautiful views, um, that should be on there. And, um, yeah, just having the shot list of anything unique or special about the unit that, or any creative ideas that you might have. Um, and then when you're in there, 
whether you're having someone like style the unit in each room as you go. Um, sometimes some close-ups or vignettes, as we like to call them, come out really well. And so those are the closer in photos of like a cute little, you know, coffee mug on the coffee table with a book next to it where it's just styled well and it looks really cute and homey and fun. Um, designers can help direct the photographers to do that who might otherwise just be trying to get like all those wide angles and 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 the room as a whole. So no fish eye cam. I'm not crazy about those. I think if you, if the, if the place looks pretty good um, with what you've done to it, you might not need that. Come on, 90s rapper into the fish. Can't. Come on. Go on. Only if you wear a puffy jacket and a chain. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kind of, I'm like, dang, hold on. You, you took a look at our listings. <laughs> I did. She did her yeah. homework. She did I homework. Did. <laughs> I'm going to need to come in and design some of them. Yeah, I figured that that was coming. The ones Who's that did you look at mine or Steve's? Good question. Oh, she's got them pulled up. <laughs> Let her share the screen, man. Okay, who <laughs> whose unit is Ocean Vista's three hundred five? That's not nobody's me. Ocean Vista. Yeah. Unless, all right. This is the timeshare listing. Oh, it could be that. We don't design those. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then you're off the hook this time. Go to sharebitrage, uh, sharebitrage.com. <laughs> oh, no, sharebnb.com. That's that's Micah's. Wouldn't say to put mine out there, Steve. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> hey, you advertise. Go to argusrentals.com. The there you go. Argus Rentals. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was wondering. I'm like, dang, she, she looked at our listings. Oh, man. I mean, I thought to... I did. Now you have me questioning if I even was on the right thing, but I clicked through. But well, we we arbitrage timeshares too. So okay, okay. Those we oh, don't set up. Right. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Is there some in Florida? I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I saw. Now I have a question. Could you get into that? Why not? As long as I have. Why you know that's a let me put that question back on you guys. Is there why why didn't you um want to set any of those up? In that They're already pre-designed, right? So we just mm-hmm. lease the time out. But what I what you could do. You could possibly, I don't know, this is for any designer out there, because there's a bunch of them in Palm Springs uh, and Anaheim, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you might be able to just walk up in there and be like, hey, I've stayed with you guys a couple times, blah, blah, blah. And be like, hey, you guys could really make a bigger impact if you had better design and sell yourself because they have a hundred, hundreds of units. Mm-hmm. Now, who's managing that if it's not your guys' internal management? It's like you you just take over the time and advertise it yeah. to your community, but it's a separate management. Yeah. So there's on-site management who mm-hmm. manages everything. We just lease out the time and sell it. Right, right, right. And so when they buy the time, then. Yeah. They, so, I mean, as long as the decision makers agree, then it's I'm pretty sure. I just, I just stayed in one of those. Actually, I was just on vacation in Maui and that's definitely, I think what I was staying in. And I was like, oh, I got to tell these people that their listings are not great. Bro, I got <laughs> CD- some rough ones at Maui. Yeah, they are, man. They got CD players in there, bro. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? But they know people are going to book. It's Maui. They know they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to stay booked like no matter me. what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some of them timeshares, dude. I don't know if you ever been to them, Steve. But yeah, they have CD players and DVD players. in them. I'm like, bro, what is this? <laughs> got a laser disc going on. Yeah, it took me mm, a half hour to figure out how to turn on and set up the TV. And I forbid anyone to turn it off because once it was on, I couldn't get back. You know, I could never get back into the Netflix. So it just had to stay on all night. What, what resort was that? <laughs> it was, um, see, it was it was one of these because it was called Caldwell Banker Maui, you know, Vacations Maui Vista. So it was like, oh, yeah, hmm. through some sort of like <laughs> investment portfolio or something. You know. Oh, okay. Very yeah, we we stay at Sansa Kahana over there. It's really it's, it's nice. What town is that in? Uh, is it Lahaina? Mm-hmm. Is it Lahaina? Yeah, it's right by Maui Brewing, Maui Brewing Company. If you went mm-hmm. there, yeah, is that one nice? You know, beautiful views, beautiful. I mean, they're big, spacious, but it's like they got old, old ass furniture in there, yep. and just it's just like they don't care. They know people are gonna book it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's another topic of interest is 
that I, I like to talk about for these kinds of things is the difference, you know, not being afraid to use good furniture and nice stuff and that constant fear of things going wrong or getting broken or stained or whatever. I think it's another mindset shift that you have to make. Like it's not your house. Yes. You're investing in these pieces. So it's, it's a good thing to invest in quality pieces, maybe ones that are easy to clean or won't break as easily, but don't be afraid to, you know, make it look nice. Don't go in there assuming people are going to trash it because first of all, I think you guys would agree. It is a small percentage of people who break your you know, bed frames and stuff or whatever. And second of all, again, it's, um, (laughs) it's, it's an investment. So you have to be willing to plan for that and put a little side. If you need to replace something again, it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's a get wealthy over the long term business. And I just want to encourage people not to have that fear and to just go into it buying all junk because they're assuming it's going to be treated like junk. The nicer you deck it out and the better you make it feel psychologically, the better people are going to treat it. That's yeah, that is true. So yeah, if you run in a slumlord place, you're going to get slumlord people messing it up. Right. So uh, you brought, you brought up the bed and breaking beds. That's a big thing that people don't talk about in our community. (laughs) But but I always tell Micah, these are, these are like vacation rentals. People are going to go and have fun and that bed's going to get a lot of use. So you want something, <laughs> what do you suggest? Like, I honestly wasn't even thinking of it that way. Yeah. And then I saw Michael laugh and I was like, oh yeah, that made sense. Because it comes up a lot on the show. Hold on. Quick thing before you say that, like, and this is what I've noticed about beds breaking. And this is what I've noticed, like, and this is for tips for everybody who's listening out there who has, who's having beds break. I've noticed most beds break when people don't use box springs. So when people are doing the do on top of those little slats, it's <laughs> over with, bro. Like you fall through the slats. Yeah, you fall the slats through. move around. Yeah. So if you do it on the at least you got the mattress, the box spring, then the slats, then it's a you know full all held support. in a little bit together. Yeah, it's a yeah. full support system. But yeah, the, the, use box springs if you you're running into there bed. There we room. go. But go there ahead, go. Steve. Yeah. Speaking of reclaimed wood. <laughs> So the bottom of the bed, because <laughs> like, for example, canopy beds, they have the metal legs or beds like that with the metal legs, you know, two in the middle, two in each corner. Those, I mean, they just move and bend and just like, ah, you know, they give a lot of issues, they give people a lot of issues. What kind of beds do you, you suggest to put in, in the Airbnbs or short term rentals? Yeah. So the, the chunkier legs are a good idea. I agree with you on those like bendy you know, longer metal legs might not be such a good idea with two in the middle and two in the ends. I think box spring is a great, um, idea. And then it kind of just depends on the space. Cause I don't want to rule out platform beds altogether, especially cause those give you a little bit more. If you need storage under the bed, um, that's where you're going to get that. Um, unless you get one of those ones that have that built-in storage and then those are super sturdy. They, they come all the way down to the ground on a lot of the sides or at least two of the sides. And they have that like, you know, framing, um, for the shelving and all that kind of, or not shelving the drawers and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, definitely something with sturdy legs. Um, if you don't need the storage, maybe scrap the platform bed idea and get something that sits on the floor a little bit heavier. Um, so it's not as lifted up. It has that box spring and much shorter legs. And then again, you just want to look at that quality. Like, is it made out of, you know, particle board and MDF? Does it have some solid wood in there? Is it reinforced? Is it $200? Cause it's going to break. If it's $200, it's going to break. Mm. Um, so, mm. you know, just, you know, again, looking at that quality, uh, quality for longevity. I've seen like, they do cool things with, uh, what are they called? Uh, they, they use the forklift to lift up. What are those, those things called? Uh, pallets. Pallet jack. Oh, pallets. No, pallets. Yeah, you know, like you know what a pallet is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they do they do some cool things with those. Do you do you ever work with those? They reclaim those. No, that's no. a little bit. Um, I think been there, done that, and I would be worried a little bit about some safety stuff, just with how, like, you know, that would require a lot of sanding and kind of cutting back. And, Mm. um, you know, if there's little kids, I wouldn't want them kind of like bumping into that kind of thing. It's cool to, if you get someone to deconstruct the pellets and totally construct new pieces out of pellet wood, 
um, into a whole new frame or something like that. That's a totally different story, but, um, I, yeah, I'm not crazy about that look anymore. And I would have some logistical concerns about that. <laughs> I need to know what pallets. You, I know you're talking about the pallets, but how you mean putting a bed on top of them? Yeah, they, they make like bed frames out of them and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Out of them. I thought you were just putting the pallets down there and then putting the bed on top of them. That's like, what I thought. Isn't that what you meant? Yeah, just that, just like that. Yeah. Right? What did I say? You said oh. that. <laughs> I ain't never seen that. It's good. Like- yeah. <laughs> Good, it's gone. It's See, gone. LA is always ahead of us, Michael. We're in Texas. We're like, we're still, we're I ain't still seen that in Texas, man. I ain't never. <laughs> but I ain't gonna lie. I, I'm I'm from the West Coast, so I, I maybe it's a Texas thing. I've never seen it. It was <laughs> really hot a, a few years ago. There was a lot of reclaimed palette this, palette that, but I think it's better to deconstruct those palettes and create something else with them. Palette bed frame. Yeah, I'm looking it up. I gotta see it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, and they're sturdy. They're sturdy. If, if you could paint one, possibly, I'm. I'm mm. I got the Try, hookups yeah. at my job. Um, <laughs> so, serious question: Is the invisible house in Joshua Tree is that like your mecca? I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's like a famous mm-hmm. Airbnb, and they made it out of glass, and it just kind of like blends. I don't know. You can see part of it. Whoa! Here, so it's like. It's yeah. amazing. Look, yeah, Google it right now. Uh, invisible, invisible house, Joshua Tree, and it's supposed to be all um, eco, hundred percent eco-friendly, reused stuff. Okay, and, I'm gonna have to book there. Uh, it might have been made on a. But that uh, means you can't walk around naked in there, huh? No, no, <laughs> you can't. You can't see inside. Okay, you can make, it's twenty six hundred yeah. tonight. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but yeah. it's freaking. It better insane. be tinted glass. So I think. <laughs> Jeez, you don't mess around. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are some? I mean, are there any cool ones that stand out? We interviewed the guy uh, Peter Bayhuth, like on episode six of our podcast a long time yeah, ago. Early, and, and um, he's the he's the the treehouse guy, the original treehouse guy out of Atlanta. Number one wish for Airbnb in the world, and um, and it was really cool. I mean, he just built this. He just, he just built. He just always wanted to have a treehouse. He built it for himself and made it all decked out. And this is before Airbnb. Then he ended up Airbnb in it and it just went crazy. And, you know, people that film movies in Atlanta use it and stuff like that. So it's just like, it's just like, it just shows that, you know, someone following their passion of design and doing something really cool. And it just happens to make money. You know, it just, everything comes together. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I mean, if you have a creative space or if you have a funky space that you would like to make income off of, I do think it'd be a really great idea to get um, a pro in there to help you figure out how to best set it up. Now, do you, are you a fan of themed Airbnbs? Great question. And my answer is only in very rare circumstances. I think there is a line between a theme and place-based good design like that. Let's use that example of that um, place I was in, in Maui. It was definitely themed. You know, we were near the beach in Hawaii. Every single thing was mass produced, crappy art that said something about a surfboard (laughs) stuck on the wall, crooked, you know, dead starfish everywhere. (laughs) All the pillows were blue. It's like, okay, I get it. I'm at the beach. Um, but you can do good quality, awesome design that's unique and place-based without going cookie cutter, cheesy, you know, mass produced. A lot of the reasons why people are choosing Airbnb and these at least like living dwellings over hotels is that sense of feeling like home and having the amenities of home and all that kind of stuff. So making it overly themed hotel-y um, kind of chintzy is going to sort of be counterproductive. So you can use, you know, if you're at a coastal unit, you can use other colors besides blue. And if you're in the desert, you know, like there might be a way to incorporate, you know, deserty place-based themes that aren't so on the nose. And I think again, you know, <laughs> not to beat a dead horse, but a pro is going to be able to help you walk that line between doing a kitschy theme versus a really, you know, elevated design that is going to incorporate the vibe and the essence of the place and integrate that seamlessly to have a really, really good guest experience. If 
you know, be like into where they're at without like, you know, some of the cheesier stuff, shall we say that, um, is the maybe lowest hanging fruit. Mm, I love that wording. Lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. I would say maybe like, say in Anaheim, that's actually where I'm from, where you're near Disneyland and you are there for a with the family and you are all about like Disney and you are going to get into the Disney vibe. I could totally see that if you had subtle themes where in a kid's room, like, you know, maybe the, the, um, knobs on the dresser are Mickey mouse and maybe, you know, there's a little nightlight in the bathroom and it's goofy or whatever it is. Like there are ways to incorporate a theme where you're not doing like a whole star Wars mural, on, on one of the walls. So there's definitely ways to, um, make the parents and the kids happy. There's ways to go like have a theme, but it's still, the design principles are still all the same. You know, there's, um, it's cohesive, there's balance, there's symmetry, there's, you know, appropriate colors, all that kind of stuff. That's going to feel great and still have that little bit of extra fun and pizzazz. Mm, Well said. Yeah, we've come a long way from using just grandma's furniture to to set up our Airbnbs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's too <laughs> I feel like it's too competitive now to forego some of these things. Like I think you we used to be able to get away with that um back in the day and it was okay, but now that it's so competitive and your listeners are getting into this to make money, it's not just like a hobby or you know, it's something new and interesting. It's like, okay, it's a tried and true method, but in such a saturated field and depending on the location you're at, you know, you really got to do it. If you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. Yeah. And that, that is where the Airbnb or short-term rental space is. You have to have something that's going to stand out because there's way too many listings out there. Mm-hmm. Especially, I know probably in a saturated area of Southern California where you are, or you know what I mean? So it's yeah. definitely, it's worth it to have something not, if not themed, well-decorated. Absolutely. Yeah. Clickbait. Wait, no, what's the word? Clickbait. Click magnet. Oh, I Click never magnet. heard of that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I never heard so, of that one. Yeah. So what's in store for your future, Erica? What's in store? Um, I can't wait to work with more people on setting up their spaces and watching all the dough roll in. Um, and yeah, like I said, getting back to some of the commercial projects and keep going on some of the homes I'm doing. Um, I am definitely looking forward to helping the industry get a little cleaner and greener too, and working on that. And that's basically what it looks like over here. Now, do you do remote design? Like you could design something here in Dallas? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that I was kind of, an, I, not, not to pat myself on my own back, but I was an early adopter of remote work or e-design, online design. There's a bunch of different terms for it. And um, that is such a good option for people, whether yeah, it's remote work um, or you're just willing to do a little bit more of the elbow grease yourself. And it also saves you on the design fee a little bit more. Um, so we do, I do all the same processes as my full service up to the point of purchasing. So you still get the floor plans, you still get um, the concepts, you still get the 3d model, you still get the green guide that I do. You get all these amazing deliverables. And then you get your list of links on your itemized purchase list of each and everything you need for each room. And of course, like consulting, handholding all along the way. And then you just click those links, do the purchasing and be willing to um, install it yourself. So that's the major difference is that last piece of the puzzle. Now, now do you want to discuss like what your fee is for doing all that or yeah, sure. So my fee, um, I think I just put it on my website. So it's certainly public information. It's something like between nine fifty and 11, something for my design fee per room, depending on the square footage. Um, and then when you group a bunch of rooms together, there's a little bit of a discount, And um, then full service projects. So I'm there with you every step of the way. I do all the purchasing, 
my clients get a little bit of a trade discount when they work with me, um, depending on the vendors that we work with. So I pass on some of that through my clients for the full service. And then I do all of the um, purchasing delivery, receiving and installing on the full service end. So that doesn't have a, you know, finite flat fee that is variable for each kind of project. Um, but I have super simple, um, very client friendly pricing, um, for both the full service and the, um, e-design stuff. Oh, oh, so how do you, okay. Let's say you have a client here in Dallas and they, they love your designs. They want you to do it, but you know, they don't want to put it together. How, how do you, how do you work that out? Hmm. Um, well, luckily there's a lot of services these days that make it pretty easy to, um, get stuff done for you in another city. So I often use something like even, you know, at the earlier part of the e-design process, depending on what location you're in, um, it's pretty easy to get someone on task rabbit or something similar, or if I already have relationships established in that city, cause I have done some out of state projects, um, at this point in Texas and elsewhere. So once you have a good team, I have them go in and do the measurements and the, you know, photos and all that kind of stuff, um, to record. And so we just would do something like that. get something on the schedule, either through like, um, thumbtack or task rabbit or something where we can get some, um, rated and vetted people in to help assemble and all that kind of stuff. Question. So do you have like a portfolio page of like your, some of your remote work? It's a little bit mixed up all my portfolios mixed the e-design and the in-person stuff, but it's, um, it's all, it's all up there and all different kinds of projects, um, on my portfolio page. If anyone wants to have a look at ecomethodinteriors.com. Thanks for letting me plug. There you go. I got it. Yeah. Cause I'm gonna check that out. Cause the, 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 the remote e-design is very, can become a very, very popular, you know, is it, something I've been looking into. I think we just did one actually. Yeah. We just did one of the Plano. So. Oh, how did it go? It was great. I didn't do anything. My partner, he did all the hands on stuff, hired the people, you know, I just put my money in the pot. And (laughs) good. And did you guys both think it was worth it to have, you know, that planning and prep and all the design concept planned out for you? Oh yeah. 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 We, we, I was just telling Steve when you had stepped away, we, we just missed like a $6,000 reservation because of peer spaces, lack of calendar syncing. So, huh? yeah, so it was definitely worth it. Oh, good. Okay, good. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I have not ever heard someone say to myself or to another designer, um, wow, your services was, were not worth it. And I regret hiring you. It's, you know, it's always pretty much the opposite where they have felt that, you know, every petty went to a really good, good cause. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Well, thank you so much for hopping on. You plugged your website at ecomethodinteriors.com. Where else can people find you? That's the one. I'm just going to leave you with that one place. I mean, that's pretty simple. Um, same name for Instagram. If you want to say hi over there. Sweet. And I'm going to put you in touch with Sarah right after the show. Cause y'all, yeah. oh man, y'all will hit it off big time. And um, so the number on here is, is yours. So I can just, it is. Up. Yeah. Okay, Thanks. Cool. I will do that. And um, any more questions, Micah? No, I'm trying to find her on IG. On the IG. <laughs> I think I found you. Okay. Okay. I got you. okay. Well, thank you guys so much. And I really hope I made a compelling case for your listeners and um, that they got some good ideas out of this and um, how are going to go forward with the right foot forward. Sweet. Yeah. Love we're going we're gonna to send them all your way because um, we like what you're doing. Well, thank you so much. I like what you guys are doing too. And thank you so much for having me and for, you know, sharing all your knowledge on this topic. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll see you later. We are out. All right. So that was Erica Rainer. And Reiner. Reiner. (laughs) Reiner. Erica Reiner. And she is a killer design based out of Southern California. So Mm. yeah, that's dope. Like that. And and I like how she brought up like the, the, the design spaces are definitely worth more and is worth your time and your money. Like I said, we missed a big ass reservation due to good design, but 
damn pure space. Got to get that calendar together, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll so. get the pure, pure space guy on here and we'll tell him. I've already told him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I want to get him on though. I definitely want to get him on because I've, I've talked to him on a clubhouse, but I, I definitely want to get him on because he, he had the, 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 the concept of pure space. It's money wise, it's way better than Airbnb on the money side. If you can, you know, get it linked up and synced up, or if you just go 100% pure space, you know. So mm, that's something to, that's something to think about, man. Eh, it's on my mind too. <laughs> Yeah. Well, cool, man. This has been a great episode. Episode 176. Erica Ryan. Uh, Ryan see, I'm saying it too. <laughs> Erica Reiner, R-E-I-N-E-R. Uh, go check her out. Go check her stuff out. EcoMethodInteriors.com. And her stuff is so cool. And it's eco-friendly. If if you're into that, even if you're not into that, you can still, you know, getting some gently loved furniture is still a, a good option too, you know, and you can save some money and, you know, be safe to the environment. So it's all good, man. None but love. Yeah, number love. Another great episode in the in the bu- box or in the books. My bad. <laughs> it's been <laughs> a long great, day, yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> another great episode in the book, but yeah, another great episode. It's in there. It's, it's in, in there. there. <laughs> so yeah, thank y'all for continuing to listen to us. You can find us live that thrive. Email us live that thrive at gmail.com. Find us at live that thrive.com. Find follow us on IG at live let thrive. Thank y'all for continuing to listen, and we hope we are yeah, able plug, to provide plug your company, I'll plug mine, and we're out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Plug yours. I'm... Okay. And my company is rentals.com A-R-G-E-S-T rentals.com Argest is the largest. And um, at Argest Rentals Instagram. So, yeah, look us up. Follow us. And, and if you find some cool stuff, like from, from Carolina, the Federico's wife, she does some cool prints and stuff like that for your Airbnbs uh, or short-term rentals, uh, she'll give you a great discount if you mention the show. So, that's my plug. Let's go. Peace. Oh, if you got oh, any houses for rent or sale, holla at your boy. But yeah. Holla. All right. We are out. <laughs> Later. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye. <laughs>